And so some people, when you're doing when you're doing something different, um, we have a natural tendency to when we're changing to, to, to resist the change, especially if we're in a place of comfort. Like I said, both churches were we were we were doing well. We were two healthy churches. So and, and I would just say this. This is how we know God. It's just all in it. The Bible tells us that you should you should know them by their fruit. We're getting so many examples of of why God is has communicated to us to do this. Welcome. My name is Samuel Broby Jr. and I'm your host on this journey of truth, clarity, and directions. In our culture filled with complex deceptions and false claims masquerading as truth, Hearing the heart of God cannot be taken lightly. Your very life, a thriving life, depends on it. Glad you're here. Make sure you join us online at KingdomVibesPodcast.com. Also, you can find us on Twitter at K Vibes Podcast, Instagram at Kingdom Vibes Podcast, and our Facebook page at Kingdom Vibes Podcast. Be sure to join the conversation and don't forget to subscribe. Thanks for joining me. In our last episode, we started a conversation with pastors Stefan and Rod about their exciting journey from leading two autonomous church organizations to becoming one church ATL. In today's episode, we pick up where we left off the last time. If you haven't listened to part one yet, I encourage you to listen to that before continuing, as this episode will then make better sense. How do the people take that? Because that is a paradigm that you understood, you walked into. How did the rest of the family Accept that. I'll give you two ways to see it. The first way, a couple of weeks ago, we la- we, we we enjoyed a moment of laughter, Rod and I, Pastor Rod and I, um, when one of our members shared with me, and I quote, I love our two pastors. And what they went on to say, Samuel, is that they see the, the value of having, instead of the, the burden being on one individual, to have two pastors who care about them. And this was someone who we were able to care for. And again, I quote, I love my two pastors because they're hit from two sides with two different ways of doing it, of love from the people who pastor, and I quote, shepherd you uh, closer to Christ. And so that's the benefit. However, on the flip side, in our first meeting, we brought the two congregations together live. We brought in a, a group uh, of individuals from a ministry called Blendistry. Blendistry is a, a ministry that actually focuses on blended families. Uh, 
in marriage. And so we brought them in and they started off the meeting to teach. And they only stayed on this. If you, if you could be there, you could see it. All they talked about was blended families and children and how they respond and how the adults have to be purposeful in what they're doing. So blendistry taught our congregation how to blend two families. Was that was that a new <clears throat> new journey in terms of blended families? And maybe uh, how did you see that as they were pulling you into that that arena it, blended families is it identical to blending churches think about it you had and from a traditional uh, standpoint you had two senior pastors two separate senior they're our fathers they're the ones who take care of us now all of a sudden daddy's going into a relationship with someone else and he, they're taking us along with them so you're going to have some of the kids who're going to say this Wow, we have playmates. We're going to have more people to play football in the yard with, and we're going to we're going to be able to, to wrestle with more brothers and sisters and have fun. And but you're going to have the one or two going to be asking, "Wait a minute, how about my room? Who's going to sleep in my bed? Who's going to play with my toys?" And so you're going to have an blended. That's what they taught us. Be prepared for that. To some extent, everything they taught us is very true. That we were blending two families who were accustomed to their homes looking a certain way. We you, you you put the toilet paper on the roll and you roll it one direction. You don't do it the other. You put your shoes away or you don't. And so there 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 is a process of blending that has to take place where you're like, wait a minute, what's the new house going to look like? Hmm. And there's there's positives and some things that are going to be opportunities. We can definitely tell you that. Rod, do you want to add to that? No, I think I I think you said it best. Um, we've seen it work. For the most part, with great success, um, but with any blended family, you, you see the challenges. What, what were some of the challenges? Okay. Now that you jumped into we'll, that, I'm gonna. I'll give you. I'll push give you, you right into that. So, anyone that knew me at Greater Works knew I wasn't as strong in the administrative area. Mm -hmm. You know, I had people that were strong that did that. So now, you have one of the parents, one of the one of the spiritual parents is now handling that for, for the, for the one church entity. And so um, that's probably if, while you're getting to know your family, that might be a challenge for the new parent to say, Hey, I need this because what we were doing is we're bringing these ministries together. So pastor Stefan, his responsibility is to say, we need to get this done. We need to get that done. And so now you have the challenge of, the um, some of the parishioners or some of the children that's used to hearing my voice say that, you know, having to hear it from him. And so you have challenges when you have new a new parent in the house. You know, that's just like if we had a blended family here and now you got your stepfather saying, hey, don't don't leave your shoes in the kitchen. <laughs> you know, you used to mom telling you that. And now there's someone new that's telling you, hey, you know, go put your shoes in your room. Sometimes it takes a little time to get used to hearing that voice of authority from someone that you're not accustomed mm. to. So we saw some 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 opportunities with that as well. And even in that, that new household, where household number one was used to, on Christmas Eve, exchanging stories about yesteryear and saying how thankful they were and roasting marshmallows. But in house number two, they went on a got in the car and they went around and looked at Christmas lights in the neighborhood. Now it's Christmas after the blended family comes together and the what we used to do, what are we going to do about the stuff we used to do? 
And all we're going to do their thing is going to be our thing. And so those things are going to be challenges for any unified church because you had grown accustomed to the way you did things. And now with One Church ATL being a new entity, there's no such thing as divine order church. It's gone forever. Greater Works Fellowship is not coming back. And so now it's a new thing that's going to look totally different than the two. So both bodies have to figure out. How do I adjust to the new thing after I really love the old thing? Okay, here's a big question. Mm-hmm. What gave you some sleepless nights? If not sleepless nights, heartburns. Uh, I'll, I'll let Pastor Roy go first, and I'll just I'm I'm think on it for a second because it, it has been times where you you kind of stayed up at night. Now the reason why I ask that question is like, of course, you're not. By no means Moses. I'm not saying that you're Moses, mm-hmm. but you you have your own spiritual strengths. And Moses was leading a nation or a group of people. And Moses had it tough with people who were very stubborn, stiff-necked, as the Bible, the Bible calls them. And we, as a group of people, sometimes mimic the very nature <laughs> of our flesh and yeah. our sinful nature. And are very well like the people of Israel. <laughs> And you are leading these people to a promised land, if you will. Were there any Red Sea moments? <laughs> well, it's. It, I was getting ready to use that analogy before you said. Oh, it. okay. No, I mean seriously, and that's that's probably the. You just said it. It's just when you're marching through the Red Sea, you have some that are like, "Hey, let's get in the water and let's go," and then you have others that need a different type of you know, uh, hand held holding. And so that was probably the, I would say one of the challenges that we noticed is there were people that were moving at different speeds. You know, some people were ready to go and then there were others that wanted to dip the toe in the water and, and see. And so, and, and, and obviously we, we can't have this conversation without throwing in the COVID mm-hmm. environment in it because, you know, we had our first service we came together and we were excited we did a unity service or a reveal service and reveal the name and began to talk about the ministry. And then we couldn't have church anymore. So we had to challenge. So you had one, one service and yeah. then you had to, we had to go into COVID mode. We had our first service and last service until last week was on, was on March the 15th live where we were together. And then the next week was COVID. So you had the challenge of, Losing the ecclesia, losing the assembly, losing the interaction, losing the opportunity when you have a blended family for them to come together and get to know each other like, you know, a normal blended family would. We lost that right off the bat. And so now you're trying to push the people through the the Red Sea without the physical interaction that you would, we would have normally had that we didn't calculate. And who do you who do you go to and ask for? Uh, advice on this particular issue. Who do you know has gone through a pandemic and started a church? <laughs> nobody. There was no one. Nobody. There was, this was just an on-the-job training kind yes. of situation. I feel like we did a, a, a good job because only because we allowed God to lead us and only because we every opportunity kept us on our face praying. But um, it certainly was became more challenging to push the people across the sea with the pandemic. How about you, Pastor? <clears throat> the example of uh, the children of Israel is 
is good because as we look at to the blended family example, um, we also look at the fact that there's going to be a necessity for complete and crystal clear communication from the top in every aspect. Uh, and, and even to it, to, to some extent, fulfilling ex- unknown expectations. Think about it. When Israel came out of, out of Egypt and they're going across the Red Sea and even in the wilderness, they, some of them had expectations that Moses and it didn't even know about. He didn't know you expected this, or he didn't know you expected that when we get over into the wilderness, we'll have milk and honey and we'll have fatted calves and we'll have everything here waiting for us. Some people thought that because God was leading them away from Egypt, that when they got to wherever they were going to get to, it's going to be perfect. And so there's going to be that expectation of individuals and they're going to vary in their levels, vary in their levels. Some people have little expectations. Some have very high expectations. If you look at that story, when you look at Korah, Korah had high expectations and and Korah rebelled against Moses. Uh, but what Moses had to do, and this is very important for anyone who's listening, who's looking at unification. And this is probably something you're going to talk about later is I would say this. Stay focused on what God is calling you to do. Your vertical relationship is going to be very important so you can receive the wisdom from God to not miss some of those things that need to be communicated. If you don't communicate effectively, that's going to be the problem. Yeah, It's going to be the problem. Were there moments where or when you, either of you thought about, why did I get into this? Why did we real honest doubtful moments where you you ask you question yourself why are we doing this i'll i'll be honest and say yes because you have challenging days and you know and 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 i well i just speak personally there Mm -hmm. were days where hindsight always being 2020 Mm -hmm. you know there were things that you said man i wish i'd have said that more i wish i'd have spent more time with that and so when you feel like you may miss an opportunity or two to be, you know, to have a clear form of communication, then um, you just feel like there's a tendency for for me to just feel like maybe I, you know, missed opportunities. Mm-hmm. And so out of those missed opportunities, you, you just say, God, what what is it that you mm-hmm. and, and almost everything that I've done, even starting greater works, I've asked God that question at least once. God, what is it that you're getting me into? And I think that's mm-hmm. just following God and doing something that's bigger than yourself. You're going to always have that moment where you just, you just, you don't, you can't see the next step. God doesn't allow you to see everything that's ahead of you. So you're like, God, what is it that we're doing? Here? Thank you for that. For me. That, that can be very that nerve wracking, but I'll say this. I totally agree with Pastor Rod. Um, there are times you look back and say, man, what if we would have done that a little more? Would that have led to a different result? Um, and again, this has been a 95% total awesome experience. But it, as pastors who want to do, who want to perfect things when it comes to the will of God, you're always going to put yourself under a microscope and say, wow. Could I have done that different? And so when you asked the question, I shook my head no, when because what I was, my answer was, do I, have I ever said I regret doing the unification and uniting two churches and glorifying God through what the scripture told us to do? 100% unequivocally no. 
I, I, there's that is an absolute no. The the answer why I, why I said I I would agree with Pastor Rod is is did we do everything one hundred percent of those things perfectly? And the answer is going to be no, and they never will be. And so I, I only regret, I only regret, and that's a real loose word for me. Only regret I have is when I'm able to look back and dissect myself and say, man, why didn't you send that note? Why didn't you call that person earlier? Um, and those things, uh, that's, that's only that. That's Good only stuff. regret. Good stuff. That, that exhibits uh, a level of maturity in both of your lives. And it's a growing experience, really. And uh, we're all falling going through the sanctification process and so you don't ever expect perfection sure. so uh, thank you for that what would you tell your younger self before getting into this if you were to speak to stefan or rod uh, a year ago before this happened what would be some of the things you would tell him hmm? Two things. Uh, I, I touched on one just a second ago, and that is for me, I would definitely tell one year ago, Stefan, Pastor Stefan Bell, uh, brother, this is about God. This is not about anything else. This is about his word. Know his word when it comes to unity. Study it. Review it. Go back over it. Remind yourself. Put it, you know, tattoo it to your forehead that this is God's word and he has expectations from you as a leader. And he has expectations for his people in community, and lot and, mo, and a lot of that through the scriptures is community, community, unite, unite, come together, use your gifts, use your gifts, come together. I would tell him one year ago, for the next year, stay focused vertically. Uh, horizontals are distractions. Stay focused vertically, and the, and that white noise that's around you horizontally will be very quiet. I would tell him be sure to do that. The second thing I would tell him this is that God called you to do this is very clear and he's gifted you with certain gifts that he wants you to use that he gave you specifically no one else to act in a role to make sure that this comes to fruition. Use your gifts. Don't let anyone per persuade you to do anything else, but do what I've called you to do and do it with excellence. I would tell him that because again, if I stay vertically uh, focused and I'm not distracted, I will focus on two things, God's face and how I, what I can do to give him glory. That's what I would tell that young man. Good. I would, I would just echo that. Um, the, the, I would tell a one year ago Rod to make sure that at all times you, you know, you stay before God and continue to understand God's purpose. Because a lot of times, um, and we're all pastors, you know, leading people can be a distraction in itself, mm -hmm. like Pastor said. And, and, and if you don't continue to make the main thing the main thing, you can find yourself easily just chasing a rabbit somewhere. And so I would say to a younger Rod, just stay focused, continue to love your people, continue to communicate. But like Pastor Stefan said, Keep the relationship with God vertical and intact because that's what you're going to need to deal with the people, you know, is and that you love. And that's sometimes the, the toughest part is, you know, leading people that you love and, and 
taking them to places that we've not been before. When you have to leave that place of comfort like Abraham, it's tough to lead a group of people somewhere they've never been before. There's not many churches, especially in our African-American community, that has done this. I have never heard of any particular church or church organization, two, three, or whatever, coming together. This is my first ever. Hmm. Um, have you heard of anything? I mean, do you know of any examples? I'm, I've known of ministries that have come together, but not many in the African-American community. And so when you're doing something that's rarely been done, then you, you should expect for some resistance. Hmm. Because what a lot of people don't realize, uh, Samuel, is that God is not going to ask you to leave Egypt to put you in an environment that would be lesser. Hmm. As much as you may have liked the environment you're in, if God is asking you to do something, he's got something else that's going to be better in mind. He's not going to take us back. And so some people, when you're, do when you're doing something different, uh, we have a natural tendency to when we're changing to, to, to resist the change, especially if we're in a place of comfort. Like I said, both churches were, we were, we were doing well. We were two healthy churches. So, and, and I would just say this, this is how, how we know God is just all in it. The Bible tells us that you should, you should know them by their fruit. We're getting so many examples of, of why God is, has communicated to us to do this. One example is we have, this is not our first interview. We're mm -hmm. we're being interviewed by others uh, because this is a phenomenon. And so the second thing is we have other pastors. One pastor, I think uh, one spoke to me and one spoke to Pastor Rod. And they said, we were thinking about doing this. Help us understand how you all started that process. So think about it. It's becoming uh, an epidemic to some to some scale that people are saying now we can actually do this. And now it's starting to spread to say, we can do it. Just help us through it. So our goal is to take notes, take copious notes and allow those notes over time to become a model for churches that not where one is struggling and, and the other one comes to help it or anything like that, but for two healthy churches to, to, to use God's gifts in the, in a combined fashion to glorify him by through unity. We hope one day that if it's a book, it's a book. If it's a, a newspaper article, I was going article. to go there. I was going to say, when is the book coming out? <laughs> we've de we, we definitely talked about it just to know that we will have to do that one day. So mm -hmm. we're, we're taking notes on the process because this we, we understand that this is a blueprint. And we understand that this is when you talked about your audience and you have millennials that are listening. This is on God's heart right now to bring mm -hmm. many more ministries together and he wants we're not the only one we're if we're not the first and we definitely are not going to be the last and god is looking at ministries and saying that you guys together can do way more than you than you're doing by yourself wow this is definitely um a great example of unity in the body of christ so why are you so passionate about this as i sit here and listen to both of you I almost can feel the passion, the energy <laughs> coming from both of you. And so what makes you so passionate? Well, I'll go and I'll be quick. It's just exciting to be able to 
do something for God that's very important to him. Mm-hmm. And it's not about us. I mean, this this model, you can't have two pastors come together and it be about them. Mm-mm. And and it, it's we had to we had to both submit ourselves to each other as after we submitted ourselves to God. So we're doing something that's very important to God. And that's what's exciting about it. It's on his heart. It's in his mind. He wants to do this with other ministries. And he chose us Mama. and selected us to do something that's going to be impactful for the body and the kingdom of God. I guess I would answer it. In the 1970s, there was a Heinz ketchup commercial. It was the kid who had a ball of ketchup and they started pouring it and the ketchup was slow to come out of the bottle. And they started this song and the song said one word and it was anticipation. For me, knowing that we are riding in the same vehicle as the creator of all things, walking under his leadership and following the Holy Spirit's direction for what we're doing, knowing that we're riding in the same car, man. Can you imagine how exciting that is? We're going in the same direction with God, the creator of all things, to give him glory. The anticipation of the unknown, it just drives me crazy, knowing that I don't even know what it's going to be. Moses didn't know. Uh, Paul didn't know. You go through the scriptures, David didn't. No one knew. But we're still reading their stories today. The beauty of this, and which you can probably hear the excitement in my voice, is that I don't know. I have no clue, but I know who I'm in the car with, and he has a plan, and that's good enough for me. And you can you can feel this is legacy stuff. This yes, is sir. not this is not you know a, a walk in the park. This is legacy stuff, and I. I, I say legacy because I was listening to one of your messages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was. And you, you said something about um, Pastor Rod's story. You introduced Pastor Rod's story right. as a kid. Um, you've been preserved by God mm-hmm. through your mom when you fell out of a VW <laughs> Beetle. Mm-hmm. And your mom, can you tell that story? Yeah, I was three years old and I... Got in the vehicle and the Volkswagen, the, the little bugs they had back then, and, and got out on my mother's side and didn't close my door. And so when I got back in on her side, my door was still ajar. So as we're driving down the highway, I fell out of the vehicle. And so, um, and you know, the enemy wanted to attack, you know, to take me out then. And my mom jumped out of the car and rescued me out, out of the highway. You know, the beauty of this story is you never know what happens that really lent itself to something in the future because you said it that without Pastor Rod, there wouldn't have been one church ATL. And I'm sure you can also say without Absolutely. Pastor Stefan, there wouldn't be one church ATL. This is such a, a delightful experience. And I'm looking, I'm sure most people are looking at you and taking advice and taking encouragement from where the church is today in our world today. And I'm looking forward to seeing great things come out of uh, One Church ATL. What would be your final words to anyone that's listening and wants to know more about ATL, One Church ATL? Well, um, well, first of all, we can be found if you're looking for us. We're still, we're actually back having services in our location. We're having outdoor services when the weather permits. Um, we're, you know, we're doing ministry now. We're, we're serving our community 
We're serving our parishioners. We're teaching the word of God. We're empowering our couples, our men, women, and children. Uh, but you can find us on Facebook at One Church ATL. Uh, we actually also have a website, www.onechurchatl.org, and we're also on Instagram, One Church ATL. And we just, you know, if you want to be a part of a ministry that is, and I believe we're cutting edge, we're cutting edge, a cutting edge group of people that want, and I talk about this on Sunday, that want to see God's glory, to serve God's people, and to meet the needs of the community, not what the community wants, but what the community needs. They need the word of God. They need to see God's demonstration of his power through his word. Then I would say, hey, come find us and let's partner together and let's serve this community together. Pastor Stefan. I'll just add to it. Um, and I, I thank you again for having us today, Samuel. This has been a great conversation. I think it's necessary to have. Uh, I would just say this. Every church can't be everything to everybody. And I think when you said cutting edge, Pastor Rod, I totally agree. The reason I say that is I think there's, there's a, a, a responsibility of this church to do its part, not to duplicate what everyone else is doing, but to do what we do and do it well. And that is for us, we're going to be a church where you're going to understand the scripture. We're not here to entertain you mm-hmm. per se. You're going to learn it. And, and the, we know that it's the word of God that chi- that shifts the heart, not us in the pulpit giving you what we think is a maybe a motivational speech. Mm-hmm. We've got to teach the word. So we're going to have we, we continue. We'll continue to have history classes, Christian history classes, understanding the doctrine, knowing the geography, knowing the things that happened in the Bible to understand it. Because what Jesus told us before he left is that he wanted us to make disciples. And the thing is, is when the disciples were on their own after Jesus had left, all they did is repeat what he taught them. He, they didn't make up stuff. They didn't talk about you're going to get rich. They didn't tell you you're going to have that house you want. What they told them is what Jesus taught. And so what we've got to do is, as One Church ATL is teach. We're going to focus on, on growing husbands. That's very important in the community. We're going to teach men how to become fathers and continue to do that. But we're also going to to cement that with a strong sorority of, of women in the church that depend on each other. Like I remember, and we talked about Moses and those guys crossing the Red Sea. When they crossed over, Miriam grabbed the ladies and they came together to celebrate. They had a sorority of ladies who knew that we're important in this in this story. So we've got to do those things. Teach the word. Make sure the community knows we're there. Over COVID, we've had some great experiences, Samuel, and that is with social justice. In fact, last night we hosted a conversation over the, uh, the crime bill of 1994 to get in detail. I missed that when I went to your records, your your website, and 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 I saw that. And actually, I was I smiled when because you brought to memory our time on Capitol Hill. Yes, and I said, "Wow, I would have liked to be there because I was a, I was there the same time that you yes, were there, sir. actually, and that." bill was being talked about we probably sat in the same room but i don't know why we didn't know each other then but i miss that well we want to make a difference in the community through education and understanding things like that we're going to do another uh, conversation on on what what creates a strong economy and understanding that we want to educate the community so we can become empowered in a better in a greater way 
This is and so that's our calling. It's not to do what everyone else is doing. Well, we're going to do what we do, and we're going to do it with excellence. This is beautiful. And I am so delighted, Pastor Rod, Pastor Stefan. Thank you so much thank once you, again. Man. Thank you. Thanks a thank lot. You, sir. It's been a privilege and an honor to be given access into the making of One Church ATL. I hope you enjoy the conversation as much as I did. To find out more about One Church ATL, please visit their website at www.onechurchatl.org. You will get more information about their fellowship, activities, and events, and all that they are involved in in the community. Pastor Rod, Pastor Stefan, the leadership team and members of One Church ATL are scripting a great story. I can't wait to hear more about their exploits. You can get additional information on our website at kingdomvibespodcast.com. Also, I invite you to engage with us on our Facebook and Instagram pages and follow us on Twitter. Please share this with your friends and family. We hope this episode has inspired you to continue having more conversations with God. The way you do that is to tune into His frequency and experience the waves of God. Until next time, please be safe.